welcome in to the DFFL Podcast, your one-stop shop for all the happenings in the DFFL. Now, here's your hosts, James Wiley and Aaron Kelly. Welcome in to the DFFL Podcast. I am here today with our co-host, Aaron Kelly, and we are going to bring you our consensus top 25 running backs. I just want to point out that these are our initial ranks, and they will change significantly since there is still over a month and a half until the season gets started. So don't take these for gospel today. Just know they will fluctuate a little bit before the season starts. But this is where we're at right now in our preliminary rankings. Aaron, how's it going today? It's going well. How are you? I'm all right. How was your time in Rhode Island this weekend? It was great. I got to spend time with good old Robbie boy, and we had fun. We were in the sun, we were winning games, and we were on. We were not on the beach, but we tried to get on the beach, but they tried to charge us $10, and honestly, I'm not paying $10 to sit on a goddamn beach. I am very grateful for you actually spending time with Rob because you made Rob vote on our rule changes, which will be forthcoming. I was hoping to have them ready to go so we could announce them, but we're still waiting on a couple people. To be fair, I had mentioned it to Rob, completely forgot, and he brought it upon himself to vote because he opened it up on his phone and then handed me the phone and I read the questions to him and answered for him. Okay, nice. So did you cheat and put in what you wanted i'm an honest man and i'm for the owners and if rob wants what he wants then i'll give him what he wants and more okay so running backs you ready to hit the ground running (sighs) the puns are never ending which is just fine i did barely any research for this so good luck so One of the things you did for your ranking, which I think you do in general anyway, but one of the things you did for your ranking is similar to what you did for the quarterbacks. You ranked them 1 to 32. And actually, you ranked backups. You actually, you did rank them 1 to 33. You did have a backup for one team. I know. He's the only one I think will be viable. There's others that'll be important throughout the year, but I just like people that are in front of them, like Eckler. I'm not counting him, I'm not doing it. Okay. There is a name I want to bring up. I don't think you like this person very much, but he is put into a spot where this backup running back is usually top 20, and that is Latavius Murray back up in New Orleans. Yeah, fuck that guy. I know you don't like him, but he's they usually have, you know, the last couple of years, they've had two top 20 backs. Yeah, uh, Latavius Murray is no Ingram, and he's trash he's a trash bag so all right so we're gonna do this a little different than we did quarterbacks because obviously you use a lot more running backs throughout the year than you do quarterbacks we did our top 10 quarterbacks in the last episode jump back to that and listen if you'd like uh for running backs we're doing our top 25 but we're not going to talk about all 25 of them because nobody wants to listen to two hours of a podcast at one time so we're going to look at our top 25 backs and we'll talk, we'll break them into tiers of five or groups of five, and we'll just talk about the major differences we have within those groups. Unfortunately, 
Nature of the Beast in the 25 through 21 group. There's a lot of differences, so we will talk about those. Running back number 25 for us, our consensus number 25 running back, is Chris Carson, and our 24 back is Kenyon Drake. Our 23 back is Philip Lindsay. 22 was unranked by Aaron, but it's David Montgomery, the running back for the Chicago Bears. And then our 21st back is Sony Michelle. So within that group, we had some major differences altogether. As I pointed out already, David Montgomery was unranked by Aaron. So we'll skip talking about Montgomery. But Chris Carson, Aaron, you have him ranked 17th. I have him ranked 30th. Why are you so high on Chris Carson? Chris Carson actually is better than I thought he was. I honestly didn't want to put Chris Carson even in my top 32. But then when I looked at his stats, I was like, whoa, okay, this is fairly impressive. So I had to go and give him a little more love than I anticipated. And honestly, I think he kind of deserves it. Okay. I was not as high on Chris Carson. He's a he's a big bruising back, which, you know, tend to wear down pretty quickly. Additionally, the Seahawks invested a first round pick last year in Rashad Penny. So I'm thinking that it's going to be at the very least a 50-50 split there, which is going to make both of them not entirely usable or in that top 20 backs for me. So that's why I ranked him down at 30, and I actually have Rashad Penny at 28. So, you know, I'm looking at the stats I statted them out for, and, you know, I had Chris Carson down for 143 points total, and Rashad Penny 154. They're pretty close. The difference was Rashad Penny is a little bit better of a receiving back out of the backfield, and that's kind of what broke the difference. The, The rushing was very similar. I actually have Chris Carson for more rushing yards and more rushing touchdowns, but Rashad Penny overcame him with his ability in the passing game. So that's kind of why I was not so high on Chris Carson. I think they're going to kind of push towards that youth and investment of a first-round pick in Rashad Penny. Yeah, I mean, if I were to go over my list, I didn't even think about Rashad Penny. I what is he? What did he do? He injured himself, obviously. Yeah, I don't remember what the injury was last year, but he was in and out throughout the season with injuries. Yeah. I don't like players like that, so... Okay. Unfortunately, somehow they end up on my goddamn team, though. (laughs) All right, our 24-back, Kenyon Drake. I had him at 18. You had him at 29. I think you're just assessing the Dolphins, giving him a 29 rank. Is that possible? Yeah, that's part of it. I like Kenyon Drake. I wanted to put him higher, but I just... When I started, like, looking at, you know, the names I had floating around, I just couldn't... I couldn't. Okay. He should... I actually have him behind Jarek McKinnon on my list, and that's not a, that's not happening. He should be above him, but I don't know if I can put Kenyon Drake above Tariq Cohen, and I think that's where I got caught up. I was like, ah, I can't do that. So okay, whatever. and that's probably Plus, wait who the who was their coach last year? Gase. Yeah, yeah, I should have taken that into consideration. He sucks. <laughs> so I actually don't know that Drake will be the starter by the year's end, but. He is pretty solid in the passing game, and they're going to be down a lot, so he's not going to be really game scripted out. He's going to be involved in every game, I think, and you know when they're down by points, they're going to need a, a pass catching back, and Kenyon Drake's going to be that person, I think. 
So, you know, he finished in the top 20 last year. I think that he will again this year. And if for nothing else, it's just for opportunity. Our next running back was Philip Lindsay at 23. You have him actually ranked at 19, which is a drop-off from last year. He did finish 12th last year, but I have him actually dropping all the way down to 27. And the reason I have him dropping so far is Royce Freeman should be back and healthy, and they kind of invested more in him than they did in Lindsay. And I think Lindsay just kind of took advantage of the situation last year. You know, undrafted guy. He was riding high on making the roster and then kind of took the bull by the horns when everyone started getting injured on the team. So I probably should have him a little bit higher than 27, but I think it's too sticky of a situation there right now to know who's going to really take that spot and run with it, pun intended. You know, I have Royce Freeman at 32 and Phil Lindsay at 27. If one of them starts to take over that spot, then that person will probably climb up the rankings a little bit while the other one drops off a little bit. They're kind of close in their rankings for me right now. Why do you have him dropped off? And also, why do you think you have him higher than me? Well, I probably have him dropped off because of the fact that I don't expect him to repeat what he did. I think he'll be okay, but he just doesn't crack that top tier. When Where I have Lindsey ranked, like... I don't see him being better than a Marlon Mack or David Johnson or Howard or Mixon. It's just too high for him. And then I also don't have him that low because, to be fair, like I said, I did this off of straight off of my noggin and I haven't looked at running backs in seven months. So I had no recollection of Royce Freeman. So honestly, any backs that are due to be splitting time, I probably didn't rank them accordingly. And knowing that now, I would probably drop him even further. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our 21st back, Sony Michelle. You have him 15th. I have him 29th. And mine is a significant drop off for him. Yours is... Again, the same thing. I I completely forgot about what's his name who's coming back. Rex Burkhead. Yeah, that's going to cut into his time. There's also James White, eighth-ranked back last year, which I don't think is going to happen again at all. You got Rex Burkhead coming back. They drafted a guy in the third round in Damian Harris. So, as always, with the Patriots, you know, it's just a mishmash of running backs, and you never know who it's going to be each week. And Sony Michelle, while explosive and a great running back, has had an injury every year dating back to his senior year in high school. So it's you can't rely on him to go through a whole season. So that's why I actually have him down at 29. I mean, he's top 15 worthy back, but between opportunity and injuries, I don't think he'll get there. You would agree, it sounds like? Yeah, I, I mean, it's as I delve into this and get back into the mix of things, the more... You know, I see like Sony Michelle probably not going to put up those numbers. I've had, I've would have him ranked a little lower. These teams, and I feel like it's a lot more than what it usually is. These teams that are splitting touches and stuff, it, it really becomes frustrating, especially from a fantasy point of view, because Michelle is a good back. But yeah, I mean, if he can get through the season without injury and, and he can make it his own, but. Rex Burkhead's going to stick his little nose in there and get some touches, and it'll lead into some points. He's definitely not going to finish as high as I have him, but 
I think he'd still be a, a good flex option. Maybe a maybe a slight running back to, you know, if he if he has a good season, but we'll see. Okay. I don't think he's gonna crack running back one numbers. Okay. And that's it for our twenty five through twenty one group. I as I mentioned, twenty two was David Montgomery, but you know, rookie, we don't know what he's gonna get. He's really kind of just that high because of opportunity that he has. He's going to be the lead dog in Chicago, and Tariq Cohen's going to be the the change of pace back there. So we'll see what David Montgomery is able to do with that opportunity. Moving into our 20 through 16 running backs, number 20 for both of us came in as Mark Ingram. Number 19, Josh Jacobs, again, another rookie. I don't rank rookies. Yeah, I know, but he's the running back. He was a first-round running back, and Jalen Rashard just, is not going to be the running back for the, the Raiders. I just don't rank them anyway, but that's just me. Yeah. I, I, it's, so, it's so unpredictable. So Josh Jacobs came in. For me, he was 19, which puts him at our 19 running back, but I think I'm a little high there because of the rookie status I, I am a little bit hesitant to have him at 19 i definitely am not going to have him that high by the time the season starts which means i probably won't get him because somebody will draft him above that ranking number 18 for us was nick chubb number 17 was carry on johnson and number 16 was devonta freeman the only one we really have to talk about beyond josh jacobs in this group is carry on johnson he is our 17th consensus back. I have him at 12, and Aaron has him at 24. Tell me what you don't like about Carrion Johnson or what you know about Carrion Johnson. Oh, not much. I don't mind Carrion Johnson. I just I don't trust the Lions, and I don't trust Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia makes stupid, stupid, stupid decisions. And that's what I'm going with. And that's why I don't like Carrion Johnson. It's not his fault. It's Matt Patricia's fault. Matt Patricia, shave your goddamn beard, animal. Uh. <laughs> not that he, he was good. He was a good player. And he still is a good player. I just, I think it's going to be a drop off for him this year. Okay. Uh, I really like Carrion Johnson. I'm pretty high on him. I think he's got a good opportunity to control the backfield there. There is CJ Anderson. So he could, you know, bite into carry on Johnson's touches uh, but I'm high on him and and I see him having a nice future for at least the next couple of years barring injury I mean 24 is still you know a, a usable back a startable back so it's not like you have him down in the doldrums he is a starter worthy player for you at 24 but for me he is getting close to that uh, top running back per on a team all right. Anything else you want to talk about on Freeman, Johnson, Chubb, or Ingram? I'm nervous about Chubb. I am too. I think this is someone we should touch on just a little bit before we move on. I have him ranked 15, 16th in my rankings, mm -hmm. and I feel generous. Uh, I'm going with the idea that he's going to really, really take off and not give up his starting spot, but I'm a little shy 
that he might because the Browns wouldn't put in for Kareem Hunt if they didn't plan to use him. And I just feel Chubb's going to carry the weight and he's going to get through week eight and then you've got nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13 left to finish up your season. And you might be a running back short from weeks 10 to 13. And that makes me really freaking nervous. Almost enough to avoid him in the draft, you know, without hesitation. Even if Hunt doesn't take directly over, Chubb is still going to lose touches. And that, in my mind, probably enough touches to really move him out of one of those running back two flex spots. And that you can't risk, you know, a pick on someone like that. You can't do it. It's actually not even going to be week nine because of the bye week. That doesn't count as a week of suspension. So Hunt's not coming back until week 10. And that means you get four weeks before the playoffs. And, you know, it's that's not going to be a great situation, I don't think. I think it's going to turn into like a real... 46%, 46%, and 8% divvying up of touches between Chubb, Hunt, and Duke Johnson, assuming he hasn't traded before the season starts, or during the season, I guess, actually. So, yeah, I'm very, I'm actually lower than Chubb than you. I am at 22 because of that situation that is, that is floating around there in the background because Kareem Hunt finished 11th without playing for six weeks of the season. So, you know, Kareem Hunt is an explosive, great running back, and that's not just going to sit there on the bench. They're going to use him. And so I actually have Chubb dropping off a little bit to 22. I don't see him dropping much further than that for me. I think he'll end up in that 20 to 25 range for me. Yeah, and... I just he's he's not someone I'm actively pursuing. If he's going to fall to me at a reasonable slot, I'll take him. But if you're going to take him, you know, not early. I'm not saying obviously if you take him first round, you shouldn't be in fantasy football. If if you plan to take him like 3 or 4, you that's probably where he'll go. You three. need to have a, you need to have a backup plan. You need to. Yeah. Because you almost have to draft Hunt, but then you're drafting a player who's going to sit on your roster for 10 weeks before he's getting used. Yeah, and then you have to assume that Hunt is not going to be fully ready to go week 10. They'll probably just, you know, slightly use him a little more and more and more, but not enough to really, if you're fighting for a playoff position to get in the playoffs those last couple of weeks, not enough to use. And then in playoffs, you're really second guessing yourself. And that's not what you want to be doing with your lineup when you're in playoffs. Fortunately, Hunt coming back in week 10 gets to go against Buffalo. And then two weeks later, he's against Miami. So he'll, he will be able to be eased into playing again. That's true. I think that's, Good on 20 through 16. Next group of running backs, 15 to 11. We've got from 15, Le'Veon Bell. 14, Aaron Jones. 13, Marlon Mack. 12, Leonard Fournette. And 11, Damian Williams. So the first one is the elephant in the room. That is not supposed to be a pun about how big he was last time we saw Le'Veon Bell. But Le'Veon Bell... I have him at nine. I, he's still in my top ten for me right now, which is probably a little high. 
but you have him as low as 25, and I'm not willing to do that. So I'm why don't willing. you tell us about Le'Veon Bell? I'm putting my chips on the table, Jim, and he's going to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is a lazy piece of shit. I love the way he runs, but he was fat. He didn't show up to optional training. I don't like that. Out of a guy who just sat out a year, that doesn't show me that he's excited to get going. That doesn't show me that he's ambitious. It shows me that he's lazy and he doesn't he doesn't have the drive, man. When you play sports and it's that first day of getting there, you have a drive. You're open, you want to go, you want to play. You want to get in with your teammates, work out, whatever you got to do, go over plays and shit. I don't know if he has the drive anymore. You know, you you sit out and yeah, you miss it, but you think he'd want to get back as soon as he possibly could. And I and I didn't see that. My second problem is I don't like the Jets. They suck. They're terrible. And they're going to be bad. And Le'Veon Bell will help, but he's going to be the number one thing that defenses are focusing on, and it's going to shut him down. And he's not behind Pittsburgh's O-line. We James Conner, Pittsburgh, uh, James Conner, one, made Le'Veon Bell look useless, and two, uh, the O-line obviously has something to do with that. I don't know if I like the Jets' O-line as much as I like Pittsburgh's O-line, and I also know I sure as hell don't like Adam Gase as much as I like Mike Tomlin. So that being said, everything there is downhill for Le'Veon Bell except his weight, which is uphill, and it's bad. Okay. Let me paint a different picture, because that is a very plausible picture, and I agree that potentially there is a lack of a drive there uh, beyond money, but a potential reason for not showing up to voluntary training camp is the New York media. And if Le'Veon Bell was not back in shape yet, but was on his way to being back in shape, it does him no good to show up to voluntary minicamp and be out of shape. He is a professional player. He's making millions of dollars. He's got the right people in his corner to get him back to where he needs to be in shape to um, be able to perform. Additionally, he's got a chip on his shoulder that he just wants to show that he still really is the best back in the league. Did he eat it? (laughs) <laughs> Did he eat that chip that was sitting on his shoulder? Listen, we haven't. That picture was November last year. We don't know where he's. Listen, at right I now. get it. Yeah, I know. I just, all I'm saying is, even if the media was around, like, get out there. You're supposed to be. You're the man of this team now. You're the leader of this team. You should be there. I agree, but if that was the reason, even if you think the Jets are not going to be good. And I, I don't think they're going to be great. I don't think they're going to be really, really good. But I think they are going to get that fifth or sixth spot in the playoffs. I think they'll get one of the wild cards. Not definitely will, but they'll be in contention for one of the play, uh, wild cards. And I'm, I'm unsubscribing from that statement. Dude, the Dolphins made it in two years ago with Adam Gase. Look like, at what Adam Gase did to Kenyon Drake. Poor Kenyon Drake, man. Okay. But Le'Veon Bell is not Kenyon Drake. There is, and the Jets are not, and the Jets are not Pittsburgh. 
They're not. But I think that they have more talent on their team right now than the Dolphins had at any point with Adam Gase. Potentially. I don't know what Darnold is. I don't think he's going to be much better, if at all, than Ryan Tannehill. And I'm not sitting here saying Tannehill was good. I just don't know where Darnold is going to... He's going to be in that Ryan Tannehill range. And if you add a Le'Veon Bell to that, if you add of Robbie Anderson to that, you know, they have potential to make moves. There is the storyline that Adam Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell because he thinks it's a waste of money. And so maybe Adam Gase is stubborn enough to not give him the ball. That That is a potential storyline here. Well, but, then not showing up to optional training doesn't do him any good in his coach's corner either. Yeah. All right. You think about it. If you were told okay, you work every day, 10 hours a day from end of July until the end of January, and then May, then you're off till May, and if you want to come in to work, you can come into work. Are you going into work? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip the script. I'm a coach. I'm going to take it from a coach's standpoint. I think this guy's a waste of money, and then we have optional training, and he doesn't show up. Now I know where he stands. And I immediately, first impressions are everything. In human nature, first impressions within the first 10 seconds, you've already made your decision about somebody. Adam Gase, so, whatever you said, he's, he thinks he's a waste of money, or someone came up with that idea that Adam Gase said that. He has an idea of what he thinks Le'Veon Bell is, and Le'Veon Bell not showing up just helped. A little bit subconsciously to cement that idea in Adam Gase's head. Okay. Now I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if I had a player who was very good, I said, optional training, you're the best player on this team. You should maybe be there, and he doesn't show up. I've got a different outlook on that guy now. Okay. That may be true, but coaching jobs are super fickle. And if that owner tells him, we just spent X amount of dollars on this guy, you better be playing him in one of two most scrutinized coaching positions in the NFL, and what do you do? You're going to not play him and lose your job? Yeah, of course you're going to play him, but I'm saying maybe you're switching the play calls a little bit. Flipping the script on you again. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, you... Just don't play him as much. He cuts a couple of touches out every game. This is a problem. You sent a video today to Diddy. Please explain what happened in that video. Adam Gates chasing a taco because Le'Veon Bell... get tacos in America? Le'Veon Bell... Taco Bell. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is... And I'll go on record saying this because I've said it a million times. Before... Le'Veon Bell did his little protest thing. He is the most unique runner in the league. It is actually amazing to watch him run. I loved watching him run. I'm disappointed he sat out. I can understand why he sat out. But the Pittsburgh O-line gave him time to run that way. And it suited his style. 
And I just don't think the Jets O-line can give him that time where he does that little take a little peek, give it a second, and then find that gap and get into it. I just don't see that happening, and I think he might struggle because of that. Okay, and then I'm just going to give one last point, and then we can move on. So, last time Le'Veon Bell played in 2017, he finished with 1,300 rushing yards, 1,291, and 655 yards receiving. And that came along with nine touchdowns rushing and two receiving. So, he had 11 touchdowns and a combined total of almost 2,000 yards. All right, just shy of 2,000 yards. For myself, when I sat down, what I like to do is put out potential points, and I have him down at 1,600 yards, so he's getting 400 yards less, and I have him down at nine touchdowns, so that's two touchdowns less. He doesn't have to compete with Antonio Brown. He doesn't have to compete with a lot of, pretty much any other people, and that's why I think that just Based on pure volume, I think he'll get to these numbers, 950 rushing yards, six touchdowns, 650 receiving yards, and three touchdowns receiving. And that is a bad season by Le'Veon Bell's standards. But, you know, I think it's reasonable for one of the most talented players to do, even in a shitty New York Jets situation. So I think ultimately what this boils down to is I'm on the high end of Le'Veon Bell right now, and I think you're on the low end, and I think where we end up together at 15 is a reasonable spot for him. That's fair. I just don't trust anything that goes to New York. And sadly, that goes for both sides of New York now (laughs) because (laughs) it's not good. It's actually better for the Jets now than it was a couple years ago, but it's still not good. Yeah. I I want Le'Veon Bell to do well. I want him to be better than what I've ranked him. I have a lot of concerns, and I don't know if they'll be fixed. Okay. Let's move on from Bell and get to Aaron Jones, our consensus 14th back. I have him at 11. You have him at 20. We don't have to talk much here. That's not significantly different. We're both saying he's going to be a number two back. I'm just saying he's going to be a top-end number two back. You're saying he's going to be a low-end number two back. I think you're just not confident in the situation in Green Bay right now. Yeah, it's it's a little nerve-wracking, but, you know, not going to go too much into it. But I think he has potential. He has a high ceiling. I'll give him that. Okay. I, think I he's, he's someone, if he, if he came to me, I could, you know, I would be like, this isn't a bad option for my running back, too. I'm going to take him, and I'm going to take him now. And if I get lucky and maybe – grab a, a running back somewhere else who happens to break out, then he's a great flex option. Okay. So, yeah, I had him at 11 because he finished 23 last year and he was suspended for the first two weeks and he didn't play the last two weeks of the season. And really, he didn't play the last three weeks of the season. He had four carries against Chicago in week 15. So he didn't play for five weeks. I think he's got potential. I think he's a nice back. And I think having a new offensive-minded coach in Green Bay 
will give him the opportunity to be more involved in the offense because for whatever reason, Mike McCarthy had a huge man crush on Jamal Williams and he's a great pass blocking back, but that's really where Jamal Williams skill set ends. He's he's very pedestrian beyond that. So I think Aaron Jones has a chance to become more involved in the offense, and that's why I'm taking him as a high running back number two, who could even excel and and go beyond that. Number 12 back is Leonard Fournette, and you have him as a top 10 back, and I have him at 17. I have him as a low end two. You have him as a number one back. Would you feel confident having Leonard Fournette as your number one back again this year after you were the one in Fournette's last year? I was. I like what he showed in the weeks that he was back. He is a very dynamic and explosive running back when healthy. The problem is he's got to be healthy. I'm going in the mindset that he's going to remain healthy, and I hope he does. I don't know if I completely trust the Jags, but at this point, I just don't see... The, when I look, when I break it down and I look at these other names that are below him, I don't see any of them trying to push up and take that spot, which is why I believe he would go in the top 10. And I think he will go top 10 uh, off the draft board. If you're not taking him, I don't think he really will. Regardless of where you lie on Le'Veon Bell, he's probably still going to go top 10. He shouldn't. I don't think that matters whether he should or shouldn't. I think that he's still going to go there. But we're done with Bell. That's. I'm just saying, I see plenty of backs ahead of Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has caused so many headaches for the Jaguars, both injury-wise and off-the-field issues, that his guaranteed money is voided. They can cut him with no penalty in August if he's still not doing what he's supposed to be doing, if he gets injured. They can cut him with no, no repercussions. And I think I agree that he's a good runner, but I disagree that he's dynamic. He can't catch the ball out of the backfield. He's not good at that. So he's not a dynamic running back. A dynamic running back is somebody like Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. You're forgetting the best dynamic running back in the league. Alvin Kamara. Thank and you. He just doesn't have that in his repertoire. And so between all of those, yeah, buts for him, I had to move him down to the lower half of my tier two running back. Yeah. I mean, hey, it, that's what makes fantasy football so great, I guess. Again, this isn't August. This is the way too early to be doing fucking rankings rankings. <laughs> and he's still there. And he's the number one. And no one's taking a spot. Yeldon is gone. Uh, I couldn't even tell you. Even if you gave me three hints who the hell the backup is in, <laughs> in Jacksonville. Can anyone else? Anyone else sitting in their car right now listening to this goddamn podcast without looking at your phone? Maybe Diddy. Tell me. Text the group. Text me. Email us. Put it on our Facebook. Tell me the backup of the Jaguars right now. <laughs> Do it. I'll give you 10 seconds. How are you going to know? <laughs> Jim, who is it? Probably Alfred Blue or Thomas Rawls. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Seattle and Houston. They did a whole shit ton. Great. <laughs> All right. So... Just to recap, 11 through 15, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, and Le'Veon Bell. Moving in to our top 10 running backs, number 10, James Conner, number 9, David Johnson, number 8, Joe Mixon, number 7, Dalvin Cook, 
And number six, Todd Gurley. What do you got for me on James Conner? You have him at eight. I have him at 13. You mentioned him briefly as we talked about Bell. But tell me again why you like him. Yeah, I mean, what's not to like, honestly? I didn't like him last year because Cramner had 47 Steelers on his team. But what's what's really not to like? He's. I'll tell you the one thing that is not to like. But somehow Pittsburgh will figure it out. They got rid of Antonio Brown, which which opens up the running game. But Pittsburgh notoriously finds and makes great wide receivers. So all I'm saying is they'll figure it out. Connor, he'll be fine. He's going to put up numbers. I don't know if he'll do what he did last year. But judging by what Le'Veon Bell was able to do and what Connor was able to do, virtually unheard of. Uh, would you agree? Until Le'Veon Bell started talking about how he might not play, this guy was virtually unheard of, and then came in and took it over and really, really made some people look silly, like whoever passed him up in the draft, like myself. Really, every single person in our league did, because he was picked up on waivers. Exactly. So he made us all look silly. Yeah. I guess, I mean, at that time, we had no idea that Le'Veon Bell wasn't going to be back during the draft. I don't love him. I think I don't even like having him at 13. I'd see him more down towards like the 15, 17 range for me, but it's because of his situation. I think skill wise, I think if you put him on any other team, he's not the super running back, but because of his situation, I think that's what puts him into the top half of my running back twos. I don't think he's a running back one. I don't think he'll end up a running back one by the end of the year because of that. And we'll see. I think that he's in a great situation, obviously, and that will net him a ton of points and he'll be very usable and he'll be a second running back on somebody's team. But I don't see myself ending up with this guy on any teams this year because I just don't love his his skill set. I think he was riding high on, hey, if I keep this up, Le'Veon Bell's not going to be here. If I keep it, he had that extra fire under his feet last year, and I don't see that happening again this year. All right. So our next running back, David Johnson, kind of the inverse of that last situation. I actually have him up at six, and you have him down at 13. And I think that David Johnson last year was coming back from the year before when he was injured. And he finished last year uh, as the 10th running back. And I think that that's because of his skill. And I think just another year being back is going to make him more confident. I think they have a better quarterback situation than they did last year. Even if it's a rookie, they have a better. I don't we don't know if it's better because it's new coaches. But in theory, they have a better offensive minded system coming in who will use David Johnson better than Mike McCoy was, who was using him as a run between the tackles every single play running back. And that's just not what David Johnson's skill set is. Two years ago, he was pushing for a 1,000 receiving and a 1,000 rushing yards, which is not something that happens. And I think he's going to get closer to that this year. Young quarterbacks, love them some tight ends and some running back dump-offs. And I think that you're going to see a lot of David Johnson getting dump offs this year, and, and that's going to help bring his stats up. Yeah, I, I like David Johnson. I think I've actually, uh, believe me, I, I want to put him higher, but. You just like other guys better. 
Yeah, I just... You don't love the situation in Arizona, I'm sure. I don't, and I'm a big situation guy. That's that's one of my go-to decisions. What's the situation here? Do I like the coach? Are they going to be trailing a lot and have to be throwing? Uh, I don't know. You can't – I don't like trusting rookie quarterbacks either. I don't really know how Kyler Murray is going to perform. Yes, he might have to lean on David Johnson a bit. I like David Johnson. I, I'm i just not sure Arizona is going to provide him enough to get into the top 10. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying he can't. Okay. But there's a little reservation there. All right. That's fair. And that leads us to our number six back, Todd Gurley. You have him at two. I have him at ten. I love me a Todd Gurley. Agreed. Assuming Todd Gurley is the Todd Gurley of the past two years. That's all we can assume. It's not. It is. We know he's struggling with his knee. He'll be fine. I don't believe that entirely, which is why they invested heavily in a running back this offseason in the draft. So... I think that he's still a number one running back, but I think that he's at the tail end of that. That's why I have him at 10, because until he shows me something during August, then I need to be a little bit wary of him, and that's why I have him at 10. Uh, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> you can put him at 10. He's he's 24, man. He's young. He's good to go. Yeah, but his knees are 85. He's got I'm, He's got Wes's knees. I'm cool with it. Listen, I'll take if I have second pick, I'll take my chances. All right. I actually I'm not entirely sure about that, but I'm pretty sure it'd be a it'd be a close toss up between you know, I'm not going to give away any names right now cuz we'll get to it, but between he my He might top, have the same initials as you. He might. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, August if we do this again and we look, you know, maybe a week before the draft and you know, put out our top 25 again just for fun, which we won't post until after we draft. <laughs> just kidding. It's going to change. All of this is going to change. So yeah. I like Todd Gurley. I like, you know, what he's done. Hopefully the knee holds up. I think it will. I'm a fir- I like to be a positive person. So let's go with, uh, let's go with he's going to do well and he's going to be the second best running back in the league. You're a funny little guy. Uh, I don't like players with like injury history. Todd Gurley's the definition of that. Leonard Fournette is the definition of that. I know. You like these I'm guys. being positive. Okay. All right. Be positive. Let the preseason be positive, and then it can all go negative during the season. All right. All right. Kind of like, like oh. I feel like a little while ago you just said you weren't being positive because you didn't like a guy because of injury, but I forget who it was. Oh, well. All right. That brings us to our top five. And we really only have one. Well, we actually have two names to talk about because of some recent news in our top five, but we actually agree on one of them, and we're just going to talk about how we feel about his situation. But our top five, number five, Melvin Gordon, number four, Saquon Barkley, number three, Christian McCaffrey, number two, Alvin Kamara, and our number one running back this year is Ezekiel Elliott. So the one that we really disagree on, we'll get to that in a second, but... The one that we do need to address because of recent news, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon has threatened to sit out and not show up if he doesn't get a new contract or he doesn't get traded because he's operating on the fifth year of his 
rookie contract. And, you know, he's been used a lot the last four years. And so he's still getting paid a rookie salary and is not okay with that. Yeah, and he shouldn't be. Let's be clear, because I think that last year we spoke a little bit differently of Le'Veon Bell. You know, Le'Veon Bell sat out all of last year, but he was due a reasonable amount of money for the work that he was doing. What he didn't like is he only had one more year, and if he got injured, he wasn't ever going to get money again, really, you know, if he had a career-ending injury. Melvin Mm -hmm. Gordon hasn't really made money yet because he's operating on a rookie contract. Le'Veon Bell was not on a rookie contract, so I think that's something to point out. Yeah, and, well, as of right now, threatening is not doing, so he's going to stay in my top five. Correct. And he deserves it because he's a great running back, and he's proven it. Now, the hamstrings, he was a hamstring guy last year, so that could be interesting. But, you know, the offseason lets you rest, and you have to go into it being positive and thinking that he's going to be fine. I hope he stays there. It's a great setup for him. But you got you got to pay him the money. Yeah, you got to pay him. As it is, the Chargers had a hard time last year filling up a 25,000-person soccer stadium. And if you don't have Melvin Gordon, you're really going to have trouble filling that stadium up, I think. Yes, and to be honest, we all know the lifespan of a running back in the NFL is not long. And Melvin Gordon's 26. He needs to be paid. Yeah. He needs to get paid this year and set himself up for the rest of his life, really. And that's going to come down to the next two or three years of money-making years that he has in the NFL. Listen, Philip Rivers has made enough money. Cut it out, Philip. I know you got 900 kids you got to feed, but that's not Melvin Gordon's fault. Melvin Gordon needs to be paid and pay the man. He's a top five back. Let's go. I mean, Philip Rivers would be crazy to not give some money up if he was asked to to keep Melvin Gordon because yeah, he's his he last shot have, of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's really what it boils down to. That's his last shot. All right. So the only other one that we really have to talk about is Saquon Barkley. Aaron teased it last week. He's not that high on him. He is in our top five. I have him at two, and you have him at seven. I think you got him too high. And it's not his fault. He probably is the third best skilled running back in the league, but it has nothing to do with him. And it has everything to do with what exactly happened to Ezekiel Elliott last year and the year before, is that when you are the only threat, defenses and coaches are too smart now they know you're the only threat you're going to get hammered and you're going to be the number one target there is no one no one not golden tate not sterling shepherd not evan ingram no one threatens a defense like Saquon Barkley does, and teams are going to force Eli Manning to beat them with throws and not let Saquon Barkley beat them. And it's going to hurt him a bit. I actually might argue he's better than the third. He's, I mean, whatever. You're, you're splitting hairs when you're looking at the top three backs. But I think that he could make an argument for being the best. But... I'm not going to stick someone as the best after one season. Right. Well, okay, agreed. But 
you know, he's he's in the contention for it. He's still in able to to make a name for himself there. And the thing is, he faced the most eight man boxes, which is the most that he's going to face ever in the league last year. And he still was the second running back last year. And I think because he is so much more adept in the passing game than Ezekiel Elliott, that's why Elliott still had problems. Elliott caught like 60-something balls, I think, last year, and that was like the first time in a long time that he was ever involved in the passing game that much. Saquon Barkley caught tons of passes, and he's going to continue to catch tons of passes because he's always caught tons of passes in college, and high school, whenever. So I think that is why it's a little bit different than the Ezekiel Elliott situation. You know, we saw him be a productive back facing up against those eight-man boxes. Now, he did break off a bunch of huge plays, and I think that slows down a little bit. But I don't think, and you know, you can argue, oh, well, now Odell Beckham's not there, and so that closes it up a little bit. But there were four weeks last year without Odell Beckham, and he had three games over 16 points, two of them over 22 points out of those four. The other one, he had eight points. Like, it's a situation where you can say he can't be the top back until he's done it more than once, but I just don't see him dropping off so much until he shows me that he's going to drop off. I think Christian McCaffrey drops back a little bit. I think Alvin Kamara drops back a little bit, just enough, not significantly, but I don't think that Mark Ingram leaving the Saints does Kamara any good. I think it actually hurts Kamara more than anything because he doesn't get spelled as often. If he does, it's Latavius Murray, and then that's not going to do him anything. Mark Ingram was a suitable second running back in the Saints, so I I do have Alvin Kamara as my third back, but I do think he's not going to be Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon Barkley's up there, and I think that He's going to stay up there. Yeah, I just don't trust the Giants organization. They went from a quarterback away from being a viable playoff team to many steps away from being a playoff team. And I know fantasy is different than regular football, but I just – I can't – put trust or stock or as much stock as Barkley had into him last year as I would this year. I okay. All I'm saying is that if I had the second pick in the draft and it came down to like, if you told me my, my choices of three were McCaffrey, Kamara or Barkley, I think I'm leaning toward McCaffrey or Kamara. You're probably going, I would guess you'd go Kamara, McCaffrey, Barkley. Potentially. I actually think McCaffrey will outperform Kamara due to the fact that he's really the only one there and they really like him. See, that doesn't make as much sense to me because you're saying you don't love Barkley because he's the only one there, but you love McCaffrey because he's the only one there. Oh, oh, the only running back. Oh, Oh, okay. 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 I mean, really, if you had the if you had the second pick, you're taking Barkley. Like, honestly, if, if we drafted today and they said, all right, you know, Duck Race, James, you're second, Elliot's off the board, go. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I think I might. 
I'm leaning. I, it's it's between for me. It's between Barkley and Kamara, and prob probably not. I might go Kamara. Kamara makes me nervous. I like he's he's a smaller back, and like I the fact that he hasn't gotten injured makes me nervous. It's amazing that dude. That dude is a rubber ball. He can't be hurt until I draft him. I just. Saquon Barkley, if Saquon Barkley was on the Steelers or the or the Eagles or the Cowboys or uh, give me a team, I don't even care. Put him on the 49ers. The Dolphins. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I feel good. Wow. You know, this guy's going to be good. They don't have to. I know they stacked against him, but. Like you said, it was the same thing you said in the quarterbacks and our same reason why we think Patrick Mahomes is going to come down. People learn you. Yeah. People people study your tape. They're studying you every week. Yeah. And they're going to stop you. Yeah. Again, we're in the top five here. Top ten. We're splitting hairs. Nobody's saying he's not a great back. You know, he's... No, he's... He's... uh, Seven, He's the seventh crazy. best running back. You have him ranked at seven. That's still a first round pick. Yeah, of course, and he should so, be a first round pick, definitely. So yeah, really, it just comes down at that point to personal preference. Yep, we will see. That is our top backs, and just to recap, ten through one for you. Number ten, James Conner. Number nine, David Johnson. Number eight, Joe Mixon. Number seven, Dalvin Cook. Number six, Todd Gurley. Number five, Melvin Gordon. Number four, Saquon Barkley. Number three, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Alvin Kamara. And number one, Ezekiel Elliott. Anything you want to say before we head out of here, Aaron? No, I just think it's going to be an interesting year. There's a lot. I feel like maybe it's because this is our first offseason doing a podcast. There's a lot to take in, especially with the running backs. Situations of splitting carries, guys wanting to move. uh <laughs> Offenses changing. Uh, we've got, there's, we have about a month and a half until this draft happens, and a lot of these names are going to be shifting up and down on this list, and it's, it's going to be interesting. Absolutely. Okay. So next week, we'll come back at you with the wide receivers. We'll do it in the same format. We'll have groups of five, and we'll talk about some major differences between us, and we'll see. I'm guessing. Aaron's about to hit you with the teaser about a little A.B. Down, 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 down. You know it. Everybody sing it with me. If you recall from a couple weeks ago, Aaron said that he's a fringe wide receiver three. Yes. Actually, actually, before we go, I don't think you remember this because we recorded the quarterbacks a while ago. We made a bet. Do you remember that we made a bet? I don't know. What was it? We made a bet about Josh Allen and Jared Goff, and it was a bet about a shake. Should we make a bet about a running back? Who? Let's go Barkley <laughs> versus Kamara. It's a friendly Barkley bet. and Kamara? Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay. Right. I'm cool with that. What Barring injuries? Yeah, obviously. All right. Let's say they have to play at least 13 games. Okay. And what should we bet? Last time it was a sh- it was a shake from Stewart's. How about a pizza? A pizza? Yeah. I'll buy. I'll get two slices. What? Like we're gonna buy a pizza and then we're gonna share it, but that's just in charge. Whoever's in charge of paying for it. 
All right. Deal. That's cool. All right. So our running back bet is going to be Aaron taking Alvin Kamara, saying he finishes higher with more total points. I say Saquon Barkley will finish with more total points. And the winner is going to get half a pizza from the other person. Nice. All right. I like it. That's our bet. So we're going to have a pizza and a shake by the end of the year. Antonio Brown sucks. And there you have it. Tune in next week, guys, for the wide receiver ranking. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the DFFL podcast. For more information on the DFFL, head on over to DoverFFL.Weebly.com.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the DFFL Podcast. For more information on the DFFL, head on over to DoverFFL.Weebly.com.